You're listening to Deep Cuts with Antoine Reed, episode 55, with special guest Margaret Caldwell of Caldwell Botanicals. Thank you for coming on. I think you're my first CBD person having on Deep Cuts. It's usually all cigar people, but I wanted, always wanted to kind of expand outside of just cigars. Uh, that's why I didn't name it something cigar related, so I didn't pigeonhole myself. Um, <laughs> and so I'm glad that you're you're on here to kind of talk about your business and kind of share your story with with other people because I don't know how many people know about your story and your background. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. I was a little bit nervous. <laughs> I know. I told you. I was like, it's pretty laid back. It's not. <laughs> no, I know. My, I'm in my RGB t-shirt today. So <laughs> it's pretty, uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty, um, like I said, casual. So. Yeah. So what I like to do with Deep Cuts, like I said, is to kind of take people into different businesses, kind of get them inside the mindset of different entrepreneurs, because I think we all... Um, kind of get to that point where uh, you might think what it, what it would be like to own your own business, what's that process like, and that's what kind of Deep Cuts has turned into is kind of uh, talking to different people who work in different parts of business and uh, different jobs and roles, marketing and sales and own brand ownership, and you kind of tick off a, a bunch of boxes at that same time. So uh, it'll be interesting to kind of hear your story and your experiences. Uh, with having your own brand and what it took to get your own brand? Well, <laughs> when I, initially when I moved to California, I, I don't know, when I was 19, I came out and traveled around and I used to um, buy and sell gems and minerals here at the Tucson Gem Show, actually. And so I traveled around bef- uh, prior to moving to California, I traveled around setting up booths all over the country at different art and music events and festivals and things like that. Um, And then I came out to California and I fell in love with Santa Cruz and I moved there with the intention of moving back to North Carolina, which um, did never happen. (laughs) But Santa Cruz, I came out and I was looking for a place and I didn't, you know, I was young and I I kind of just packed my U-Haul and grabbed my dog and drove out without a place to live yet. So I was like, oh, I'll find a spot when I get there. And it was, it's very competitive um, in Santa Cruz, I know now. So it was difficult to find a place there. My friends were up in some place called Lake County, which I had never heard of, which is in the middle of nowhere. And they said, oh, you know, there's, you can get a big house here. It's inexpensive and it's a couple hours from San, from the city. And so I went up there and it's a beautiful lake and found a place. And um, my friend had asked me, I, I had never considered growing cannabis. I, you know, it never crossed my mind when I moved to California, but my friend had, t- uh, you know, told me about legality in the county I was in and I had a property so I I did a small grow there in Lake County um and eventually the whole time I was there was still looking for a place in Santa Cruz so I found a place in Santa Cruz with my dear friend um Dina and we started a grow a cannabis grow there in 2014 I believe was the first season there. And um, so it was uh, primarily a women, there were a couple of guys that crept in there during during those six, six seasons, but um, uh, mostly women, you know, worked, worked at the farm and uh, managed the property. And um, we operated as a nonprofit. And so what that looked like basically was, um, getting i think it was at that time the laws were you needed one script for a 10 foot a 10 by 10 canopy space so our plants were really big (laughs) so we needed like two scripts or a script and a half or something basically per per plant so we had about 450 um we were caregiver there and we had about 450 
scripts on the property. I think we had like 80 something plants the first year anyhow, but it just grew and, um, and it went over very well. And, and then in 2018, um, November after harvest there, the farm bill passed the next month for hemp. And, um, there's been a lot of red tape in the, you know, marijuana grow cultivating and everything. Um, and it's kind of just, it's changing all the time. I mean, it was like, you have to, there were all these huge list of things that had to be done to the property to grow legally there at the place that I was to, to continue on with the change with the laws changing. So we were going to have to make the, the drive into the property, uh, 20 feet wide. And I mean, it was just like a, a long list of expensive things that needed to be done. So when the farm bill passed, I thought I'd love to get into the CBD industry. And I saw a lot of the flour that was being grown, the hemp flour being grown um, in 2018. And it was garbage. It was just a lot of brown. I don't know what they do to it to make it look like that, but it was just very brown and super seeded and not good quality at all. So my idea as for Caldwell Botanicals, which at that time I didn't have a name for for it. <laughs> I just had the idea of, of the, the concept of the company, but um, was to have boutique, you know, high quality sun-grown flower and indoor CBD flower, which I hadn't seen yet. Um, and so initially it was just going to be a smokable like flower. We, I wanted to do the shake, like all the shake from, from the flower is higher CBD content um, because the, all the trichromes and everything none of this probably means anything to you, but, but it's the sh I wanted to have the shake, um, as, as rolling shag is what I wanted to call it. So folks could kind of roll their own. It's already ground up essentially. Like, uh, so that was an idea I wanted, I wanted that in my line, but I didn't really consider the oils or anything initially. So, um, that kind of came later cause I thought it'd be nice to have that's, you know, a staple. And, but at, at the very beginning, it was just just going to be smokable uh, material so it's grown now we have our we just we have our tinctures um we have the soft gels we have broad spectrum thc free uh tinctures available for folks like my mom and a lot of people who don't want any thc at all in their in their cbd and then we have the full spectrum for everybody else like me and then um What's going on now? We have CBN oil that should be ready in a few weeks. I just sent the, finished the labels and got those sent over. Um, and so that's for to help sleep. And so we, we'll have that soon. And then hopefully soon I'll have pre-rolls and um, I want to have full spectrum gummies. And I don't know, I've got a lot of things I want to do, but it's, I, I didn't realize at the beginning, I was like, I want to do all this right now. And then it was kind of, and I, I think we touched on this on our interview for the magazine, but I think it's kind of, I realized, you know, it's okay if I don't have it all at once at the beginning and, um, and it's growing and it's, it's definitely time consuming the whole process with the website and the designing all the labels and I don't know, everything, every part of it. It's like a one woman show over here right now. So <laughs> now to, to kind of take a step back a little bit. So you got your start growing cannabis. And I think a lot of people, you know, they, I think we think of TV shows where you see people clandestinely growing cannabis and stuff like that. So what was that like growing it legally? Like you were doing like what, what was that process like? Did you have any issues growing um, it? I'm trying to think how, so I never had any issues. We did. We, I remember having, um, I remember having sheriff, a sheriff come to my property for the first time. And I'm from the South. I'm from Alabama and marijuana is like, I don't know what it, I think it's still very illegal there right now. But mm -hmm. so for me, and I got pulled over at one point with like, you know, a hundred plants in the back of the car, which I had, you know, all of my, so I had all my scripts. I had everything for them and it was fine. But I remember being so terrified both of these times because because it's just such a it's so taboo, you know, where uh -huh. I come from. So um, the sheriff walked around the property, looked at all my paperwork, our compliance package and whatnot. He knows my attorney and um, 
and he just, you know, he walked over to a plant and he like picked off a couple of yellow leaves and he said, you guys need to, you know, get rid of, there's some leaves over here somebody missed. And he's like giving us tips. He's like asking what nutrients we use. And I'm like, this is bananas. <laughs> like when he came, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, my heart, my stomach fell. But um, yeah, we, that was, you know, I don't, we, that was the only time we actually had any kind of, you know, the law coming, coming to the property and we had all the compliance and everything. And then, um, so basically every year we would um, give X amount of flour to specific dispensaries in different, in different areas. Like LA was, we had two dispensaries down there that, um, that we were a caregiver for tons of folks down there. So I think it was like, I don't know, like four or five pounds or something that we ended up, uh, given sending those folks. And, um, yeah, so we did that for six years and it was a good run, but it was, you know, it was hard. It was the, it was just the, the, every, the laws changing all the time and everything. And there was like, you know, I had a couple folks living at the house. People didn't always get along as roommates and things like that. So at times that could be tricky because then I'm like doubling as the landlord and the mediator and <laughs> all that stuff, that fun stuff. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that was, we had a really good run and I, I do still have a small garden last the past, uh, two years I've had a small garden at my new place just cause why not? And, um, so I'm still a little bit, got my, got my fingers in the farming a little bit. Um, but I'm kind of done with that. It's, there's like way too much on my plate and I'm never in town. <laughs> so. So when it came time for you, you decided at some point you wanted to get because of the farm bill, which basically in quick terms for people who don't know what the farm bill did basically allowed, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it made hemp kind of legal on a federal yeah. level, sort of. Yeah. So as long <laughs> as the hemp is less than 0.3% is what the initial farm bill, um, how that read, it was, it had to be less than 0.3% Delta nine THC. So um, that legalized hemp in all 50 states. And, and that was a really exciting day. I remember reaching out to my brother and I was, I, I told him, I was like, I think the farm bill's going to pass. He's like, that's never going to pass, you know? <laughs> and I screenshotted and like put it in my favorites album after it passed. Cause I was like, Ooh, told you so. <laughs> but yeah, that was a really exciting day. And I, I kind of thought that it would be, you know, a, it took about, I don't know, a year and four months or a year and a few months for me to get my oils finally done. And then I just now, I've had the flower and I've been selling it in bulk and kind of had, um, you know, packaging that was, that I put my sticker on and some other information, but I didn't have my actual Caldwell Botanicals packaging until December. So basically my flower line kind of just launched a few months ago. So it's been a whirlwind since then. And, um, and uh, I think I'm in 52 shops now and um, in Arizona, Nevada, California, New York, New Jersey, or maybe PA in New Jersey. And uh, where are we? That's it. That's it so far. <laughs> and I but think we it's... talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we were working on the interview. But, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, you start a new business. It's just basically you doing a lot of the work. So, you know, do you decide, hey, I'm going to focus on, you know, the local area. I'm going to branch out. And then when you branch out, do you worry, like, if something happens, like, you can't just go down the street to like visit that retailer. Like you have to deal with it over the phone. So how did you make this decision on where to expand your business to and how to juggle all these different markets at one time? Cause I'm sure every state has its own challenges and stuff that you need to kind of deal with. So how did you make that decision on where to distribute to? And then how do you maintain all those different areas? So, First, um, I just went around. So initially, like I said, I, I only had the oils, the tinctures and the soft gels. So um, ideally, it, it would have been nice to have 
you know, obviously the flour and the soft gels when I'm going into, at first I was going to a lot of boutiques and little spa type places. And, and then I started going to some smoke shops and I was kind of bummed out that I didn't have my flour packaging yet because selling, like having everything is kind of like a, a whole array and menu going on would have been nice. But, um, so at first I went in with just my oils and, and my soft gels and I had a couple friends with shops in Santa Cruz um, that picked up my line and then I started going into smoke shops and I was showing them the flower and telling them, I think I sold bulk, I sold, you know, by the pound to a handful of folks and some shops on the, on the East Coast, North Carolina. And, um, but for the most part, it was just the oils and then I had the flower to show as, as a sample and, um, and so it went over well with the oils, but when I, now when I go in with, with both the flour and the oils, it's, it's, it's much better. A lot of smoke shops, it's, it depends where you are really. Uh, some places do really well with the oils, the tinctures and soft gels, but a lot of smoke shops, they don't really, especially states that are now wreck, like here in Arizona and um, it's in Nevada, it's kind of, you know, people it, w with the flour too, people are like, well, now I can legally go buy weed. So, but there's a lot of folks like me who don't want, who want to smoke the ritual of smoking and it tastes good. And I like the yeah anti-anxiety and the, you know, stress relief. And, but I don't like this necessarily want the psychoactive effects. Um, it's too stupefying for me nowadays. So, um, <laughs> so a lot of the places, a lot of the places at, at the very beginning, um, I did some bulk flower sales and got my oils and maybe five shops in Santa Cruz. And then I think I held off on, on, um, on going into any more shops and expanding outside of Santa Cruz until I got my flower packaging. Um, my, my ounce bags and my one gram bags came first. And then in December, I got the rest of the, the rest of the seven gram and, and three and a half gram bags. So then I set out to Oakland and um, Berkeley, San Francisco, all around the Bay Area, um, kind of covered that, that area. And I think, I, I don't know, maybe a dozen shops over there. And then I, where else did I go? I went up, basically I, I picked the places that I wanted to go based on like I went up to Tahoe because I wanted to go skiing because <laughs> I'm like, I'm going wor to be working, but I can go somewhere where I have friends, you know, uh, and, and also do something fun. Cause it's, it's a lot. Like I have, you know, it's, it's eight, 12 hour days sometimes just running around. And, um, so I did Tahoe and I stopped places on, on the way, um, Reading area when I went up to Oregon. Um, I, I chose Tucson, and Phoenix because the gem show is going on right now and I have friends here. So, and family and my brother's actually here for a cigar event. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So we all <laughs> did, we did a family dinner last night and I'll be seeing him um, shortly after our interview. He, I'm going to go to his event and hang out with he and his wife and my cousin. So um, basically I've just, I just kind of, I did Vegas cause it was an easy flight. I did really well in Vegas. Um, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm basically starting with places that, that I can go and visit friends and, and, um, you know, I, there's going to be some weird ones in the Midwest that I'm going to go, but I want to do Tampa soon and, um, TPE, I'll probably go for an extra couple days and, and hit some shops. I don't know, but I, I typically, I always call first, um, and I kind of have this little, this little wrap down that I call and I introduce myself. And I mean, sometimes people hang up the phone, you know, it's like that yeah. they don't want to talk to me, but I introduce myself and I say, I'm going to, you know, ask if, if the purchasing manager, or any of the managers around and um, tell them that I'm going to be in their area. Cause when I, when I first set up, when I first start calling these places, I don't really, I don't have, sometimes I fly somewhere and I only have like a couple of, appointment set up but I have like 40 different shops that have told me that I can come by and drop samples and kind of do my spiel so um it was a little nerve-wracking at first flying somewhere you know it's like the cost of the ticket the the rental car the hotel and I'm like geez if I don't get a 
shop while I'm here because it's gonna be a doozy. But um, but I haven't. Yeah, I, I sold out. I'm here in Arizona, and I sold out of all of my bags except for one size. So you never know. Sometimes I fly back with 80% of the the inventory I came with, and sometimes I sell it all. But um, but it's it's yeah. I don't know. It's been it's been it was kind of stressful in the beginning uh just kind of going and winging it you know like having a list of of shops that maybe they'll maybe they'll bite I don't know and so I drop when I go there I show them I show them my flower and they get to see the packaging and they get to hear about um you know the guy on our logo and they get to meet me and I I kind of you know I know everything about about all these products and um so I feel like that's the best way to do it. You know, go and introduce yourself, your, your products. Folks can see the quality of your flower. They can see the quality of your packaging because an email or a phone call, I mean, they get so many of those every day. You know, mm -hmm. I was in a shop yesterday and, and they had two calls, you know, one from a CBD company and one from somebody else trying to talk to a per doing the same thing I'm doing, <laughs> but they say it's, you know, it's not often that the owner comes in or and and um so that's you know it's right now it's that's all the only option because i don't have sales reps yet <laughs> but right. but um but it's been going over well and and i've gotten a lot more comfortable you know I, at, for the first couple times i was pretty nervous but um but i'm i'm still trucking and and um yeah we're moving right along now what i think makes your products stand out is definitely your branding and your logo and everything else i think you put a lot more thought into it than some companies do um especially in the cbd space because it seems to be very maybe they're trying to not to appeal to like underage people after the whole vapor um bit last year or whatever but it's like all the packaging is very plain usually i found like mm -hmm. i think of some of the top brands and it's very straightforward and it's not i mean i, I guess but yours stands out and I have, I mean, I want to talk about the logo because, uh, you know, for those who don't know, like, you know, that's the logo. There so, he is. It's the OG plug. <laughs> so tell us about who, who's this guy in your logo and how did you kind of settle on this particular logo for your, <laughs> for your products? Because like I said, when you see it on the packaging, which I have, which I'll, you know, you know, when you see it, something like on this is your gels mm -hmm. i mean it stands out because like i said a lot of the other logos they don't even use white they usually use like dark colors i found dark or gray or green or, yeah yeah or green and stuff but you've kind of completely flipped the script on that so kind of talk about <laughs> the logo and how you came up with that and i know you talked about the name of it because you were going back and forth on what the name of the brand was going to be so how did you settle on that so initially, I didn't really, initially it was just the excitement of the, the idea and the, the farm bill and all that. And then um, it was not long after, you know, it was probably a couple months after this idea and, and, you know, the wheels started turning that I discovered Samuel Caldwell, who um, my brother, as you know, has a cigar company called Well Cigars. And so I think initially it was like, maybe don't do, we're not going to put the name Caldwell in, in the brand because, you know, Robbie's got his tobacco, Robert's got his tobacco and, and his cigars going. And, and I didn't want to impede on that and steal any of his thunder. <laughs> no, <laughs> but um, uh, so when I discovered that guy, um, Robbie and I talked and, and he's like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta do it. And, um, he, he and I had a company buying, um, buying and selling art, uh, outer nationalist ventures. And, um, when Robbie first, you know, when he had Winwood cigars, he, he met Elio Mercado, Evica one, who does a lot of his, um, artwork that is on his labels and his boxes and everything. And so I had, purchase you know I bought a couple pieces some pieces with the intention of selling um a couple that I knew I was going to keep but I fell in love with with one and ended up I, I was going to sell it and it's still in the house right now but 
Um, so I bought also a couple pieces from Hade uh, Rivera, who also does some of the artwork for my brother's. I'm not sure which ones though, but um, he does some of the artwork for my brother's brand too. And so I knew about these artists and there were a few others. And um, so, so Robbie, Robbie suggested reaching out to Hade, you know, um, about kind of doing a recreation of this mugshot. Um, it's a historical image. Uh, Samuel Caldwell was the, hang on, let me, someone keeps texting me. Um, he was the very first person arrested for cannabis in 1937, just one day after the Marijuana Tax Act passed. And he um, was sentenced to four years of hard labor and prison time and $1,000 fine, which was a lot of money in 1937, for two joints of weed, of marijuana. So I read all about that guy. And, um, you know, I went back and forth with how I wanted to adjust his, you know, mugshot <laughs> because um, I had to, you know, have this recreation. It, it couldn't be exactly, you know, his exact mugshot. So I kind of, I Robbie has one... Um, one cigar that the face is blurred mm -hmm. you know so and I was like oh that would be a cool idea you know kind of or kind of like pixelated or and my friend Zach Seaman uh he helped me you know with some other we played with some other ideas um and photoshop and things like that but Hade came back with we talked about it a little bit and it's like justice is blind you know and and this guy did four years for two joints bless his heart and all these other folks and advocates and activists and everybody that's been fighting for this plant for years you know and so it's kind of a tribute to to everybody um but we we yeah we threw a blindfold on them to make it a, a little more confusing um but uh it turned out yeah it turned out nicely at first i thought about putting you know cannabis leaves around his around his face but that seemed a little too like too obvious and, and we wanted it a little bit more you know i don't know class something else i don't know something else and throw a little color in there so i'm really happy with how it turned out and um i'm excited to get the original in my house and yeah i feel like that that's really what sets us apart you know the quality of course but um but our our packaging is is definitely I mean, I've never, I've, I've never seen anything like it. And, um, and that's why I like to go into, you know, all these places and bring, bring my bags and, and show everyone because people are really excited about it. And there's been a couple folks that, you know, like folks from the South and, and some, some of my friends' moms that were like, who is this, you know, what is going on here? And I'm like, uh, you know, I tell them the spiel and it's interesting, but it, you know, that's part of the deal. It's like captivating. It's like, who is this guy? And so, yeah, they really, they turned out, it, I really like how it's white too, or very light gray. So it's, you know, it's, it's much different than anything else you see out there. And soon we're going to have our jars for our indoor flower. I just finished the labels on those. So we're going to have jars, um, that are going to be sleek and clean and like, like the bags. Clean the bags so for yeah. those who, who want to see it. The see little it. one grammars. <laughs> those are our little sample size and folks like those because uh, if you don't know which strain you know you want to try and it's less than eight dollars and so you could just buy one gram kind of try it out and see before you go and spend forty dollars on a quarter twenty five dollars on an eighth of it or whatever so um, those are the those are the bags I give to all the shops around here, and even our one gram bags have little baby, the cutest little bobadas in there. So I think that's part of the, like, of course, all, a lot of hemp is grown in California, Oregon, and Colorado. So you see really nice, you know, quality flower there. Like you know, especially compared to at the beginning, even out there it was like garbage. So um, when I come places like Arizona and you know, in Nevada, when I was in Nevada, it's just, it's, the quality is not there. And I think that when these folks, um, when these shops, you know, buy, initially buy these bags and jars of flour, they're probably green, but um, they don't put, they, it's, they don't put boba packets or any kind of humidity control in, in their 
jars. So it's kind of, you know, turns to rubbish pretty quickly. So, so we've got that going for us too, even the little one grammars and, um, which I ran out of yesterday. And then I was kind of like, I changed my flight home a day early. I thought about having some, some flowers sent here and I'm like, it's like too much of it. I don't want to make my boyfriend go and, you know, <laughs> deal with all that. Cause it could be a pain in the butt to ship. So. Well, like when you are dealing with these store owners and stuff, like you said, you deal with some smoke shops and I know working with cigar people, I know they're very hesitant to kind of jump into the CBD world and especially anything that looks like cannabis or whatever. They they get very skittish at times, uh, bringing that into their business at least, even though they might partake in some of these products themselves. So like what's been like the pain point for some of these retailers that you've encountered so far about them bringing in product? Is it just the quality? Is it the COAs that they need to see? Is it, what is it? So most of the shops that I go in, I call first, there's some, you know, cigar shops, tobacco shops that only sell tobacco and cigars and they do not have CBD and crate Kratom and all these, you know, they're not, they don't have glass pipes and so I've only had a couple shops. Uh, one of them was like Piedmont Tobacco something. And they actually thought I was Robbie when I was calling because it showed up called Caldwell. And are they, you know, he was like, oh, I crossed my mind that it could have been you know, your, your, your brother because we were talking. I was like, oh, just for fun. Like, do you carry Caldwell cigars? That's my brother. <laughs> because like, I don't know. The, the challenge has been that when my wheels started turning and when this all, like at the beginning, um, there wasn't much flour out there, you know, for hemp flour. And so now there, there is a lot of, you know, there's, there's a good amount of, of brands out there. And so in the time between when I launched my oils in June and, and December, when I got my bags finished for the flour, um, you know, all these shops that I had gone in with the oils, they all have they all have flour now. And I was like pretty bummed out about it. I'm like, shoot. Um, but, but it ended up being not such a bad situation because, because the quality and the price, the pricing on, on a lot of these um, companies is the pricing's a little more and the quality's a, a little or a lot less. So it actually has, hasn't hurt, hurt the company or hurt the, you know, the sales too much. So, um, basically it's kind of like everybody knows, uh, it's a very saturated and, and compressed market. And so, um, getting in there and kind of showing everybody, you know, in person, our, our products is, is really, is really the key, but we haven't, I haven't had really too much trouble, you know, uh, aside from folks not, you know, that don't reach back out to me or things like that, but I haven't had too much trouble you know talking to every most of the smoke shops are are pretty hip with the cbd now and plugged in you know they all they're all carrying a lot of the vape shops are switching over to cbd because in the bay area it's it's you know illegal to sell the flavored vapes anymore mm -hmm. you have to like buy a vape and then mix your flavoring i don't know exactly how that works but so um you know there are shops that are kind of switching over now and and i think that other places I, I was in Reading and then I think I was, it was outside of, um, it was Carson city, Nevada. They were telling me, um, that they're kind of getting ready for the whole vape illegalization to go on there too. So, so they, uh, you know, are kind of expanding their menu as far as just not just vape because we don't know how long that's going to last, but it's been pretty, it's been pretty smooth sailing so far. It's just, it's, it's a lot of the packaging and, um, had a couple of, you know, things here and there, small things that, that bumps in the road, but, but it's, it's moving right along and I'm really happy with where we are right now. Now in terms of, of products, I'm always interested in, in hearing from people who are out there in the field, like what are retailers like really interested in? Are they looking for the flower? Are they looking for tinctures still i know tinctures last you know the last couple of years have been like the go-to thing um you know what are they looking for right now in terms of products or is there some new product trend that's like resonating and and starting to create a big buzz that people are jumping into and like i know some people are getting to like 
what they're calling hemp sticks, which are like hemp cigarette type uh, things. <laughs> yeah, the, that was too, when I went to the TPE, when I met you, um, I, I talked to some guys about the biodegradable filters because I, I do want to have that as an, I want to have that in my menu in the future. Um, but it's really, it's different. I mean, some shops I call and they have no interest in the oils. Some shops I call, they are, you know, not interested in the flour. More often than not, um, like most of the shops are very interested in the flour. Um, I feel like the oils, um, there's just a lot, there's a lot of companies out there, you know, and, and um, it's, it's kind of like here in Tucson, I think I, I sold, I think two of the shops got, got oil, um, but the flour is just, and initially, like I said, I was just going to be only flour and, and the rolling shag. So um, I always knew that was going to be a hit, but um, it's kind of, it's kind of tricky. I like it's, it depends on the area, it depends on the shop. Um, some places really want THC free. So I'm glad that that's not, that we have that as an option. Um, but for the most part, I, I guess the, they're both, the soft gels are doing very, very well because the, the pricing on all of our oils and all of our products, like I did a lot of research before pricing everything. And I kind of called around and you know, inquiring about wholesale pricing and kind of made sure that I was, cause I wanted to see, you know, what the market was. It's changing. It's changing all the time. It changed from last year a lot. And so um, I kind of made sure that my products were, were less than everybody, <laughs> everybody else. So our, you know, our soft gels, um, they're, they're about, I think $15 less than, than most most companies on the market with the same milligrams. So I, I try and be, I, I'm, I'm good about giving, you know, giving a free product for folks if they buy, you know, if they buy a case, I'll give them a free product as an intro offer. And I continue that with a lot of my shops. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, all, all across the board, we've, we've done pretty well uh, here, here specifically the, the flower though is, has been, it's been the hit here in Arizona. And I think part of that too is because they just don't, they don't have as much quality flour here at all. Yeah, I mean, I think when I look at CBD products, I always notice that right now the price seems high for a lot of the products. Uh, you know, I've gotten CBD lotions and hand creams, face creams and stuff. And they're like a teeny tiny little, like little, you know, bottle or something will be like $70 almost. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know if I'm buying like, you know, if you're really getting a quality or if you're just getting, you know, the name, the name brand. The snake There's, oil. No. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, sometimes you don't know. I mean, I've, yeah. you know, I've tried different tinctures and stuff like that to figure out what, you know, what works for me or what I like and stuff like that. And if it's good and I have a good reaction to it, then I'm, completely fine with you know paying that price but there's some that i'm like i don't feel like it doesn't do anything for me and it could be the same milligram that i bought before from somebody else so yeah there's a whole lot of like questionable it's almost like with cigars you kind of know you don't know what you're going to get but you kind of <laughs> you can't you're not really surprised unless it's like terrible or something like that right. but with cbd stuff you don't really know what you're getting until you get it and then you whatever reaction you have to it so i guess that's the, the weird thing about you know cbd products yeah we have um so all of our oils are u.s hemp authority certified which less than two percent of cbd companies have that coveted hemp authority stamp um which is just our industry's um you know standard for quality and everything and then we have gmp certification good manufacturing processes certification um you know we're registered for with the FDA when that time comes. And so, uh, you know, every shop I go to, I of course bring, bring a physical COA for each of my products and my flower. And then, um, on the back of our, and the COA is the lab results for folks that don't know, but, um, and then the backs of, of our boxes and our flower bags have a QR code you can scan that takes you to the lab results on our website. So, there's a digital copy of all the labs on um, Caldwell Botanicals website as well. So 
Yeah, I feel like um, when I, you know, I when I went out to San Jose, um, which is South Bay Area, like close 30 minutes from my house, um, the this woman at this shop there, she was telling me, you know, people come all the time, but people come, they don't have COAs, their packaging's garbage, they're like homemade stickers on there, or, you know, I mean, and I make, yeah. I make my own oils out of my flour as well. Um, it's a different process. Um, it's like low heat infused uh, CBD oil. And so I have my own little, cause I had uh, mountain girl organics was the name of my, um, my cannabis farm and, and um, all my products uh, before Caldwell. So I, I, I have my little homemade stickers too. So, you know, and some site, you know, that's good stuff, but it's not, it's, it's hard to, you're not going to, it's very difficult to get, you know, those products on the shelves anywhere. So um, I feel like, yeah, all those certifications and, and everything are, are, you know, help us stand apart also and, and assure, assure folks that, you know, you're getting a quality product that you can trust. So I guess for you, what's the long-term goal of your company? Cause I know some people who are getting into CBD with the hopes of creating this great brand that they can sell off to, you know, a bigger company later on. And that's how they plan to kind of almost like flip their company and make the money. So what's your long-term goal with Caldwell Botanicals? Um, I don't, I mean, I've never considered flipping the company. I, I don't, I, I wouldn't, I don't think I would ever do that. <laughs> um, this is a, you know, my, a passion of mine and, and I really enjoy every aspect of, of the business so far. And it's, um, it's been a lot, like it's uh, been a huge learning curve and, um, you know, I'm terrible. I didn't even, I didn't have a laptop. I, you know, I, I'm terrible with electronics. Like when you asked me for the interview for the magazine <laughs> about my digital marketing and I'm over here like Googling what's digital marketing. <laughs> like, I'm, you know, I'm like, I have an Instagram account. I've never done a podcast or anything like this. Is my first, uh, you know, online interview or Instagram interview. So, and Robbie's the same way. I think he's pretty bad with all this kind of stuff too. But, um, but I think that, um, I totally lost what the question was. <laughs> oh, just what, what was your long-term goal with your, your oh. company? Like, what do you kind of see yourself doing with it? You know, it's that, that typical kind of high school question. Like, what do you see yourself five years from now? Or yeah. Where that's, do you see yourself? <laughs> that was my ADD, my extreme ADD kicking in right then. <laughs> I'm like, Ooh, there's a shining crystal over there. Um, I, I guess I see myself having, um, you know, having, a expanding my product line a lot. I, I, I have a lot of things that I want to get done, but it's just, it's, it's difficult. I, I need to, I need a little bit of help with some of this stuff, but um, I'd like to have, you know, the biodegradable filtered hemp, hemp smokes. I'd like to have, you know, all the pre-rolls and everything. I'd like to have topicals um, in the future. And so in five years, I guess I see myself Hopefully, now that expos are starting to happen again, um, I will be kind of still traveling around, I'm sure, and, and have have my topicals, have maybe, you know, I thought about doing, you know, facial, you know, like beauty products and things, but, but definitely the salves and, um, and expanding on, on the smokes for sure. I'd like to do maybe like, you know, there's maybe like a little six pack of of um, the pre-rolls that are, that are really nice and then have um, the, the filtered, the filtered hemp smokes, uh, biodegradable smokes would, would be in the menu. And yeah, I don't know, maybe have some help in the future um, with reps <laughs> or somebody. I'm like, somebody that can kind of run around. I have like a week off for my son and then a week I have my son. So I'm kind of useless when, when I have him, you know, the last year because of the, California's we still don't you know we're doing the homeschooling thing he's he's in school now um two days a week for four hours a day which doesn't you know leave you much time to do anything anyhow but but yeah maybe have uh, some folks helping me out you know running around and although I do enjoy it I enjoy meeting everyone I really I really it's really exciting and I'm 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 excited I'm proud of of everything you know so it's right now I'm really enjoying the traveling and and going to all these shops but in another year or two i don't know <laughs> i might be kind of burnt on it a little bit so we'll see i don't think i could do an interview like this without asking 
some type of question about your brother. So I think for, for those people who are tuning in late or don't know, like your brother's Robert Caldwell of Caldwell Cigar Company. Um, so, you know, you've mentioned him several times in this interview. So what kind of advice does he kind of give you? Because I know we, we kind of think of Robert as being very opinionated, uh, which is fun. This is, that's the best part for me, interacting with him. Is he's very opinionated. But he's very smart about whatever he does. He's kind of have a, has a precision vision for like everything and reason that why he's doing it. So when it comes to you, when you're asking him for advice, like what's kind of been the, the best advice he's kind of given? Well, um, <laughs> I ask his, I ask his opinion on some things a, a lot more in the beginning. Cause I, cause I'm, um, because I annoy him, you know, and, and we were talking about last night how I'll send instead of like folks, folks text a paragraph in one text. And I and you probably noticed this too, but I'll text like six texts in a row, one sentence <laughs> at a time, you know, so I've tried to reel that in a little But um, So at the beginning, he was giving me a lot more advice than now. Now I've kind of gotten my the hang of things and, um, and also trying to lay off and leave him alone. But um he he definitely helped out, you know, pointing me to Hade to to work on the logo. So that was that was huge. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always like he when he had Winwood cigars, um, that factory was so amazing. And and I think I told you in the interview that uh, before that was really when I took interest in in his his company really or at the cigar industry at all. But but I thought it was so it was so different what he was doing with the artwork you know on his on his labels and his boxes it was really it was truly I mean it was like a whole new like edgy like new side of the cigar industry and and so I really I really thought that was awesome so the the logo definitely um was that was that was the most amazing thing that he helped me out with that and um before this all happened, I had a rough, I had a rough few months or so and um, was going through some stuff in my personal life and all kinds of stuff. And I, I, every day he's like, you can wake up and you feel like you're fucking hitting your head against the fucking wall or something like that. He's like, but you just, you know, you wake up. He's like, as long as you're winning more than you're losing, you're moving forward. And, you know, our, you know, we've had, we've had a lot of shit go on in our lives and, and um, kind of keep keep moving forward and so I I did I had like a little bump in the road before the CBD thing and kind of uh you know got started with Caldwell Botanicals and stayed focused on that and now I understand he used to always say there's not enough hours in the day to do all the shit I need to do <laughs> you know and I'm like that sounds that sounds terrible <laughs> but I feel that now you know and and it's good and I love it because um I'm you know I'm busy I'm constantly thinking about you know different different things I want to do with my company and you know reaching out to all these people and I'm I'm super busy and I I love it you know and so I so yeah he's definitely he he's definitely given me a lot of good you know life advice and growing up we weren't super he was kind of like the you know any big brother he's like a big bully brother or whatever but but now we're we're you know we're good friends and he actually came here to the gem show and he's you know opening up a shop um or his wife's opening up a shop in in miami so it's been cool he's been running around and you know checking out all these cool gems and minerals and stuff here which i've been here 16 years and it was always like you know i was like traveling hippie i like my selling my crystals and whatnot so it's cool to see him out here and kind of catch up with him different you know, he comes to the West Coast doing his events and stuff, but he, his, he's definitely given me some, some good advice and, um, and I don't know, he's probably going to give me shit about talking about him so much in this interview, <laughs> name dropping him, but. Well, well, do you see yourself ever maybe collaborating with him on something? Because I know a couple of years ago, the, the cigar industry saw this first kind of CBD, you know, infused cigar. Yeah. So do you see yourself ever maybe maybe joining forces to, to put out some type of Caldwell cigar slash botanical kind of release? Um, at the very beginning, I was kind of, cause I, like I said earlier, I really want to do the, you know, I want to do pre-rolls, but I wanted to do the, I want to do the biodegradable filtered 
um, hemp cigarettes. Um, but I, I don't know if he would, I mean, I don't know. He's very, he's, he's the tobacco, you know, guy. I don't know that he, he would be interested in that, but at the beginning, the cigarillos, like I, I, I was researching about the, you know, hemp cigars. I, I remember, I think there was one company in the beginning and then there's a few now. And, um, I don't know. I might've mentioned it to him a, a while ago and then it kind of just he said, no, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure he said no, <laughs> you know, but he, uh, but yeah, I mean, that could be, I don't know how many people that smoke cigars want to smoke a hemp cigar. And if you want, you know, I don't know if you want to smoke a smoke hemp, do you want to smoke it in a, a big cigar of it? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. So. I think it, it, it got mixed reviews. I mean, it was, I think it was popular because it was the first of its kind. At the yeah. Time. And, but then it kind of dwindled. Yeah, Robbie's <laughs> commenting on the bottom. No. <laughs> Since we're nearing the end of our time, I want to make sure I give you enough time to do the plug. So drop all the, your social media handles and websites for people who want to get more information about your company and your products. Okay, so yeah, our my social media is um, Caldwell Botanicals, C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L, -L, Botanicals. And my uh, website is finally live it took a while and it's caldwellbotanicals.com um we still don't have our flower on the website it's been like so many hoops to jump through with the credit card processors and getting our hemp wholesale license and all that good stuff so the flower will be on the website soon as well um so it's folks reach out to me via email or they reach out dm on instagram and that's how i've been doing most of my um you know, retail sales for, for my flower. Um, but yeah, the what you can ch check the website, always, you know, send me a message on Instagram if you're going to make an order. Cause I like to give the friend, give my friends discounts, you know, and, um, I, I so appreciate this interview. I was really nervous before. I told and you it was nothing not to be nervous about. <laughs> Sorry. I said, I told you it was nothing to be nervous about. No, I know. I'm like in the, my friend's like, you really want to do this in the back dusty parking lot, like next to the highway? I'm like, this is what's happening. He says it's casual. Yep. <laughs> but I really appreciate it, Antoine. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for you know, joining me today and sharing about your, your company and your brands. And like I said, you have a really cool logo for people who, who, uh, don't know or haven't seen it you have really nice products i hadn't opened this yet because i wanted to make sure i didn't need to take a photo of it for our story and stuff like that and you have your hemp flower so <laughs> you have a little bit of everything so yeah um, the smorgasbord going on yeah so definitely so look forward to our next encounter and like i said and helping to get your story out there even more and looking forward to seeing all that you get ready to do Awesome. Have a great awesome. day. Great night over there. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. Bye.